0: I'm Joel Shatler, your host and editor of Finance & Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. Minnesota's single-family homebuilding market turned conventional wisdom about the state of the economy on its head in 2020. While it may be a stretch to say that home builders are sorry to see 2020 go, residential contractors had a surprisingly strong year. Todd Polifka, owner of Custom One Homes in Woodbury and the newly installed 2021 President of Housing First Minnesota, a homebuilder association with more than 1,000 members, is optimistic that growth will continue in 2021. But he's also quick to note that the industry faces daunting challenges in the year ahead. Headwinds range from the ongoing struggle to meet demand for more affordable new homes, to pandemic-related supply chain disruptions. Polifka, who has more than 20 years of construction experience, has served on Housing First Minnesota's board for nearly 10 years. Prior to owning Custom One Homes, Polifka was principal in Brushmaster's painting and drywall. He gives back to the community through the Custom One Charities initiative. In the following interview, Polifka talks about his personal home building journey, what drove home building activity in 2020, opportunities and challenges that lie ahead, and more.
1: Well, I'm pleased to be joined this morning by Todd Um uh, He's the owner of Custom One Homes in Woodbury, is that right? Correct. And the newly installed 2021 president of Housing First Minnesota uh, Residential Construction Trade Association with more than 1,000 members. Um, Todd has more than 20 years of construction experience, and he has served on Housing First Minnesota's board for nearly 10 years. Prior to owning Custom One Homes, Todd was the principal in Masters Painting and Drywall. And in addition, he gives back to the community through the Custom One Charities Initiative. Um, did I get all that right?
2: Good, good
1: job. Okay, great. Hey, thanks again for joining us. I wonder if you could just start out maybe by talking a little bit more about your company and um, sort of how you got started in the home building business.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So a little bit about our company, Custom One Homes, Uh, our office is based out of Woodbury, although we do service uh, not only the Twin Cities, but the state of Minnesota with with new construction or renovation. Um, And we're also licensed in Wisconsin so we build roughly 25 homes a year uh, in varying price points. Um, we build some Villa product, maybe down in the $500,000 price range up to, you know, three, $4 million homes in single family type settings. So um, we like variety. We like uh, more of a cons- consultative approach, more of a boutique type um, firm. than you know, we're not a, a mass production type uh, setting. So a lot of times when we work with homeowners, we're truly starting on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, you know, blank piece of paper and creating, uh, homes around people's stories of, you know, family formations and how they host and how they socialize and how they work or don't work out of the home. Um, you know, the things like that. So, uh, been around since the company has been around since 1983. Um, Kind of remarketed and, and uh, we purchased the company in 2016. So uh, we're excited about the purchase. We're excited about the direction of the company. We're excited about uh, the industry and in the market itself. So uh, excited to see what future brings us.
1: Okay. And uh, how did you get started in home building? We talked a little bit about your uh, previous experience to um, with the Brushmasters painting and drywall. Were you involved in the industry for a number of years before that? And
2: yeah, so I uh, worked over at Brushmasters for roughly seven years prior to that. Uh, actually owned a renovation, a design build remodeling firm uh, prior to that. And then before that managed some other companies, uh, kind of grew into that. I actually spent uh, my first seven years professionally at 3M. Mm-hmm. So kind of a, a diverse background, if you will. Um, you know, looking at different industries, different managements, uh, different operations and then, uh, partnered with uh, a remodeling company on a, a company and then went out on my own and fell in love with the industry. And once you get equity in this industry and passion for it, it's, uh, it's pretty hard to leave it. So, um, yeah, fell in love with it and, uh, been in it ever since. So probably the last 20 years of my life, uh, have been in it and really enjoyed it. Um. And just in in the one thing I really enjoy about Brian is that I feel like it's a, it's an industry where you really truly get to see what you create. You know, you get to see that finished product and, you know, I'm not in a setting where I'm making pieces for other product, you know, that type of setting where, you know, we start again from that eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and bring something all the way to completion and then watch somebody participate in and enjoy it build a lifestyle in it, all those kind of fun things. So it's, uh, it's, it's been pure enjoyment for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, and I guess if we could look back a little bit on the past year, of course, 2020 was a very challenging year for, for all of us uh, with the pandemic and the economic downturn and, and so forth. But surprisingly just, you know, I keep, Track of the the residential building permits issued in the Twin Cities, and uh, from from what I from what I saw, it was a surprisingly strong year for residential builders in the Twin Cities. I wonder if you could reflect on that a little bit and um, talk about what maybe drove some of those numbers.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's you know for for many people in different settings and environments, 2020 has been a a very uh, memorable year, right? Um, and I I can tell you that the the year started out as a a normal year and then I feel like there was a pause for maybe four, five, six weeks max, you know, right around that March, April timeframe where people are like, uh, you know, we don't know where this is going to go. And then it just escalated, you know, in, in a very positive direction. Um, with that, had some challenges, but, um, to your point, you know, permits are up. People are, are buying, um, people are looking for changes. The outer suburbs are, are reinvented. You kind of see a exodus of the downtowns right now. Um, you know, there, there's just, it's not the activity that people enjoy, you know, as far as nightlife and restaurants and shows and concerts, you know, those are, are on pause right now. Hopefully those come back pretty soon, but now you see that suburban outring and you're also seeing people where they're like, Hey, if I, if I could work from anywhere, You know, I might as well really enjoy my view or my space, or I need the right floor plan or footprint, or I need to renovate my home and, you know, maybe change my office setting or uh, a setting where my my children can do a little more homework um, because they have to be in the home more. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's in a really positive spot right now. Uh, You know, people are getting equity back in their homes. So kind of trying to recover even from that, you know, post recession era. Uh, now you're starting to see that equity come back, which is great. And, uh, you know, we, we anticipate it to be a pretty good 2021 and, you know, a, a good run from there. So with that, uh, you know, the demand of ownership in 2020, you know, definitely people are desiring to want homes. And you can kind of see where, you know, the next years are going to be you know, pretty good and uh, record interest rates you know, are down. So that, that helps a lot. Um, you know, we've, we've definitely got some headwinds you know with with lumber and materials and um, appliances and you know the supply chain logistically in the industries definitely being challenged because when companies did hit that pause back in March and April then they had to reset you know and then you had some other market conditions going on where uh, it was hard to bring back staff and you know you couple that with with growth of 30-40 percent for some companies on, on large volume builders, and, and that really impacts the ability to produce, you know, from a, a material standpoint.
1: Yeah. Are, are you still seeing some of the supply chain issues out there, or is that pretty much uh, leveled out now?
2: No, it hasn't leveled out yet. I mean, it, we're hoping that by, by mid-year this year it does. Um, we're still seeing some delays, you know, things. And it's not just in the materials and suppliers, but even permitting, you know, permitting is is running you know lengthy times. Excuse me, compared to what it traditionally does. So, you know, people are stretched. You can kind of see that it's a uh, it's it's a hard time, or it's a it's a more difficult time to watch companies try to expand their business and bringing people on and um, ramping up to meet the demand. So you're you're you got lagging indicators, if you will, and people are chasing those kind of things. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you seeing similar growth in the remodeling area? You talked about people needing maybe an extra office or areas for where kids can do school online, that kind of thing. I imagine that must be driving some of the remodeling activity.
2: Oh, without it, you know, where people are um, choosing to redo their main levels or they want to enjoy their master baths better, you know, it's it's a lot of things, variety in the home or outdoor spaces. You know, uh, I know the pool companies are, you know, we we had a client that uh, was looking to purchase a pool for 2021. Well, we're in January, right? And, uh, you know, the pool company's already booked for the year. Wow. Or you see boating, right? Recreation up 30, 40% from last year. So um, the, uh, there's there's plenty of changes in consumer spend uh remodeling is definitely one of them and that's in a really positive direction uh most of the people i talk to in the renovation world they're definitely positive they're strong on it uh they're seeing you know leads and and volumes definitely up so it's it's really good but yeah there there is a lot of uh impact from the covid situation that's that's pushing that that agenda for sure yeah
1: you mentioned the pools I, my kids are big swimmers and usually they they go and swim at the local uh, community swimming pool right the public uh we we have a, a usually buy a membership there or whatnot and this year of course that couldn't be done so we had to buy we ended up buying one of those above ground pools and and even that was hard to find online and it, we we had to really do some digging and searching just to find that so yeah yeah it's uh it looks like that'll continue now in, in the 2020 21.
2: yeah i don't i don't see it uh changing yet so i think you're gonna have a couple of years of that where you know and, and people get trained right and they they it's kind of like how you, how you you know spending habits or buying habits social how you socialize becomes different then you get comfortable with it and you kind of get challenged to do some things that you might not normally do and then you know you actually find out that you like some of those things, and you keep doing
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what what do you? What else are you looking at here in 2021 as far as some of the um, some of the trends? Or um, you talked a little bit about the headwinds. Um, uh, what one? I know one headwind for builders is, or I guess a challenge you might say, is just building that more affordable product. Uh, of course what can you say about that and uh, what are some of the uh, ideas that home builders have to maybe bring down yeah. those costs?
2: Yeah, Brian, you start you start looking, you know, you, you pull, go on the MLS and start pulling houses and try to find single-family homes under 400,000. It's fairly difficult and when you do, uh, you see 15 bids on that house, right? So you get in, you get in, you get in a bidding war, and uh, you start seeing those those houses all of a sudden you think you're buying something for 325 and you get a bidding war and you're paying 375 for it, right so, um house prices from like a 250 350 range there's just not enough inventory out there um, and part of it is, is regulatory you know part of it is uh, permitting fees part of it is 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 you know land development charges um, so it, you know we're working with we're working extremely hard inside of Housing First Minnesota to try to help regulatory costs become much more in line, so that we can support affordability housing inside the market. And then, you know, you have these headwinds of of supplies and materials that are going up and getting more difficult to get. So you couple that with with all of that, and it's really hard to get a home, you know, for two seventy five brand new especially when you see, you know, lands up, municipalities are up and then materials are up. So, um, but even with that, to your point, um, you know, builders and remodelers are definitely uh, very intuitive and, and very knowledgeable on ways to uh, value engineer homes and value engineer projects to, to try to reduce costs uh, with technologies in the industry and different products available. That's helped. So, As much as there are headwinds and there's some negatives that are are causing that, uh, I think the Twin Cities market is really lucky to have such good operators in the Twin Cities market to be able to do that and solve that for for consumers. So um, that's good. Um, But yeah, we we definitely want to get affordability, uh, the entry level home much lower than it is. That's a huge piece to it.
1: And it looks like one thing I've noticed in the permit numbers, you, it does seem like you're seeing more of those attached home products, the twin homes and townhomes, etc. Um, I would imagine that's a response to, you know, maybe maybe one way people can get into a new home at a little lower price point. Um, do you see that continuing in 2021, perhaps?
2: Yeah, I- do I you know the villa product the the multi-unit townhome the do du- you start seeing duplexes come back into into play like you said um, yeah. so yeah that's that's all part of it of of getting more density you know it's kind of interesting how you, when you watch land development go everyone wanted to go from you know fifty five foot wide lot or fifty foot wide lot up to a hundred feet. And now you're starting to see it come back to eighties and seventies and 60 foot wide lots. You know, if you look at certain municipalities and you look at planning and development, you'll see a lot of sixties and 70 foot wide lots. And that's just the reflection of trying to keep costs down when, you know, again, you got park fees and zoning and, and all of those development charges going up. It's really hard to combat that. So the only way to do that is through density.
1: Uh, we just started another legislative session here. Do you think there's a legislative uh, solution to some of these challenges and uh, what, what else can you talk about uh, in terms of the Housing First Minnesota uh, legislative priorities?
2: Yeah, you know, we're, we're doing our best to collaborate with others and uh, including government partners, affordable housing community, uh, of really trying to drive that through legislation of, of getting assistance and Uh, in in first and foremost, bringing awareness, you know, so we we can't get support legislatively until we bring enough awareness to them so they can truly understand what we're seeing on the street, if you will. You know, so we're we're doing a good job of that. Um, You know, we want to make sure thousands of companies that make up the housing industry are prepared uh, to meet the the demand for the housing recovery as well, because inventories are so low. So uh, with the legislative session, we just want to make sure that, you know, there's, there's not uh, crazy regulations where you got to build bomb shelters and every house has to have a three car garage and you got to have, you know, the, the full front has to be all stone, you know, those kind of regulations and communities get, get really difficult when we're trying to help people uh, get into starter homes.
1: Well, we covered a lot of ground there. Um, any other thoughts or, um, before we uh, before we end here
2: um, yeah you know I, I think just overall Brian, you know the housing industry is one of the best spots uh, that it's ever been in and, and I truly believe part of the economic recovery with COVID is, has been led by housing. Uh, it's a great industry to get into. you know we did have a, an exodus, if you will of, of you know employees during the recession and you know we lost probably 60, 75 percent of the companies that were in the industry. And now that has come, you know, 360 or 180 degrees uh, in a really positive way. So I'd encourage, especially young people that are looking to get into an industry that is extremely productive and extremely uh, awarding, that um, they, they take a look at the industry. And there, there's so many varying ways to be part of it, whether it be in real estate or mortgage or supply chain or labor, you know, there's, there's just a lot of ways to to get involved in it. And I'd really encourage uh, the, the youth of today to consider the construction industry as employment.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, especially now when we're seeing uh, unemployment levels up a little bit, this is a great opportunity for people to maybe get into a new career if that's what they Desires, so
2: yeah. And there's, you know, everyone's looking for uh, good people, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's you know, let's get let's get more people in the industry. Let's keep building uh, cost-effective homes. Let's not get regulated too much, and let's keep the interest rates down.
1: Yeah. All right, Todd. Well, thank you, and uh, best wishes to you in in uh, in the coming year. And hopefully, we can chat again from time to time. Absolutely.
2: So, nice, right. nice to meet you, Brian. You have a great day, and uh, thanks for the time. Likewise. Thank you. Take care. You too.
0: Bye, Brian. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce, or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shatler, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.